0: I was just going over, Trish, to make myself a cup of coffee when I heard you say, and joining me after the break is Peter. So I said, I better sit down and not move.
2: (laughs) And did you not get your cup of coffee?
0: I'll have one in 20 minutes. All right. OK, let's guess there's a
2: lot of questions. So let's get straight uh, into them. Uh, Somebody wondering, and I know this came up a couple of weeks ago again, do you bring in the geraniums for the winter? I have them in pots, so I would be able to get them inside. Uh, Where ideally should I store them over winter?
0: uh yes you should bring them in over winter and like we've had one or two cold spells now they weren't they weren't prolonged cold spells but we did have uh negative temperatures on a couple of nights so so i would get them in sooner rather than later uh, ideally it, it's somewhere like a glass house or a polytunnel if you have such a thing uh, it doesn't have to be a heated glass house uh, just just protection from the frost is all they need if you don't even a garden shed or, or, or a carport or a garage just to give them that that protection from the frost but they will need um, they will need to get natural light they can't go into somewhere that's completely dark so they will need some natural light during the winter uh, but just protection from the frost but yes I would be doing it now
2: Okay email in saying hello Peter when is the best time to cut back overgrown hedges I'm trying to cut them to fence level which is about 6 feet and similar with other overgrown Overgrown mature trees, and it's the best time to do that job.
0: You see, it's it's not just one one catch-all answer to that. It's, it it does depend on the shrub whether they're spring flowering or summer flowering, and whether whether they bury or not, and whether they're and whether they're deciduous or evergreen. So I can't just give a, a simple answer for all of them, I'm afraid. And the other thing is cutting a hedge back to to six feet you'd need you'd also need to know what the what height the hedge is now so in other words if it's only seven or eight feet and you want to cut it back to six feet then that's fine but if it's for example if it's 12 or 14 feet high and it's really gone out of control well then bringing it back to six foot in one go might be might be too much for it it mightn't mightn't tolerate that severe a haircut if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um and the other the other thing is if it's a conifer hedge uh, or an evergreen hedge or well a conifer one you would um you wouldn't be able to bring it down that far because it will just be brown on top and it'll stay brown on top. So there's a couple of things you'd need to look at in that. But like with most deciduous plants, and particularly if they're summer flowering, uh, you could cut them back now, anytime between now and February. That's probably about as general an answer as I could give. With an evergreen, like a conifer one, I would wait till the other side of the winter. I would wait till February before I did it.
2: Okay. Uh, Hi, uh, Peter. Um, If liquid... Amber strafflu trees. You were
0: you were you were going to struggle on that one. now in I fairness, was, it's a yeah. difficult one. Lic- liquid amber styrachyflua.
2: Styrachyflua. Uh, can those trees be pruned if they grow too big? And are the roots very widespread? The reason Bridget is asking is I've just purchased two, and i have now read that they shouldn't be placed near walls, footpaths, etc. Happy Christmas to you.
0: Well, the, for Bridget, she's made a good choice with trees because the liquid ambers are really sensational. They give fantastic autumn colour. Uh, the, the the common name is sweet gum, or I think it's sweet gum is the common name, but the the you you could confuse them with an Acer or a maple. They give fantastic red autumn colour. Um, the planting them near a wall or a footpath is kind of general advice, really, for any tree. To be honest with you, they're not so the answer to the first part of the question can you prune them back if they're growing too big yes okay and now is the time that you would do that obviously you won't have to worry about it this year um but i'd be more concerned about the root disturbance under the ground so i wouldn't go too close to a wall no you'd, you'd i certainly wouldn't plant a tree like that within i would
2: we've lost technology again leaving us down okay we will patch a call through and uh, put Peter on uh, the phone instead apologies uh, there for that Uh, it does give me a chance to say Liam in Passage West says Patricia would you please let your listeners know if they're getting a disability benefit I imagine this is for all social welfare payments Uh, I was paid you get paid for one week today and the two week the double week over Christmas it will be paid next week that's next uh, Tuesday thank you William for that Peter's back on the old traditional phone own. Good afternoon. Do you back with us? That's air broadband. Technology again. <laughs> again. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you were offering advice
1: on the so, liquid amber.
2: Yeah.
1: So I was saying that, uh, excuse me, <coughs> the beautiful tree. But yes, you would. It's kind of a general advice for, for any tree not to go too close to a wall or a footpath. So I wouldn't. I'd certainly go at least twelve feet from a wall. You wouldn't necessarily have to go twelve feet from the footpath, but from a wall, yes. Um, But I I would also say, like I did say, I don't know if you caught it before we were cut off, uh, uh, you can prune back the liquid amber, yes, you can prune back nearly all deciduous trees, but you are giving yourself a a job of maintenance. I'm always more inclined to plant the right plant in the right place and and not to have to prune it. So if you have somewhere that you could let it show itself off and not need to be pruned, so much the better. But the answer to the question, yes, you can prune it if you want to, uh, and provided you're 10 feet, I would say, 10, 12 feet from a wall, uh, and maybe six or eight feet from a footpath, you should be safe enough.
2: Okay, a listener says, I used Mobacter for moss on my lawn. I did it twice this year, and it simply didn't work.
1: Right, well, Mobacter, it's not a product I use, I don't have much experience with it, but I, I know uh, it does need a certain temperature to work. Um, I'm not sure off the top of my head what that is, but I know the soil temperature needs to be Particular temperature as it just won't work and you are wasting your time and money. I do use the Lawn Gold as you know because I mentioned it many times in your program. It's an Irish product that I find, I find successful. I've been using it for several years and because it it works in the kind of back to basics principle that by all by maintaining the optimum pH, if you like, for grass growth, which is slightly alkaline, you're creating conditions then which moss can't tolerate. And if you like, lawns are high maintenance whether you like it or not lawn. there's nothing else in the garden that needs as much maintenance as the lawn it needs to be cut once a week and then it needs it needs to the, the, to, to maintain it moss free you really need to treat it about three times a year uh, and with something like lawn gold it's they've developed it that it you have a spring feed a spring lawn gold a summer one and a winter one um, and by doing, by using them they will work because you're giving them the correct nutrients like for now for example you know, December you're, it's a high potassium food which is doesn't lead to good grass growth but at least a very good root development which is what you want because to use their own marketing speak if you like uh, the best the best way to prevent moss growing or weeds growing in the lawn is with good grass growth but it does require diligence.
2: And if you put the time and effort in like a really good lawn looks fantastic.
1: Oh, it's one of the greatest. Now, on saying that <laughs> 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 Yeah, I probably shouldn't but I actually don't mind moss on the lawn. Do you not? <laughs> okay. like it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, you're like me but, I like the daisies.
1: Yeah, I like the daisies too. Yeah. But yes, if you do want to keep it moss-free and weed-free, don't blanket-bomb it with chemicals because it's absolutely just unacceptable nowadays. Yeah. Um, but but do it. Do, it will take a bit of, a bit of uh, persistence. But lawn gold is what I've used over the last number of years, and I do find it very good.
2: Okay, poor old Mary has a problem with her Gold King Holly bush. It's losing all its leaves from about halfway down top half is fine, Is actually covered in berries and she's now fearful, will it will it lose all the leaves?
1: It very possibly will unfortunately. Hollies throughout the country for the last God knows how many years now, have been suffering a thing called holly leaf blight. You know, it's a fungal infection, Trish. Um and the way she's describing it is, is the way it happens. Well, it doesn't always start at the bottom, it could start at the top, but it works its way through the plant. Um, I suspect it probably will as the bad news travel to the rest of the plant. Um, my advice would be this, and it's Leave the berries there now for enjoy enjoy them over Christmas and let the birds feast away in them. But then come kind of March time, I would cut back the good growth to so cut back from the top in to try and strengthen the plant. Uh, treat the whole plant, certainly the root system, but as much of the plant as is practical uh, with the solution of copper sulfate and, and water. That's a good um, organic uh, or organic broad spectrum fungicide, which. You know, we'll hopefully control it. I would feed the plant then as well, just to strengthen it with something like the nature safe liquid seaweed. Um, and finally, and this isn't always practical either, but as, as as much as you can, remove any debris from around the base of the plant, remove any infected leaves or infected stems. So you're removing any signs of the infection, any traces of the infection and and, and dump them. Uh, you know, it probably will come back, but you will need to take action. You will need to do these things.
2: And, and you're hearing about it a lot. It's happening to a lot of holly bushes, isn't it?
1: It is. It's happened. It's particularly over the last few years. It seems to be not out of control, but it's, it's widespread. Certainly,
2: and they're native Irish trees.
1: Well, they are, and hollies are, are a particularly important one in terms of biodiversity because they sustain myriad of insect life and and uh, obviously birds, particularly the thrushes during during the the winter months. Yeah. So, uh, and holly, the the classic green holly, I like one that was. I hope. I think it's off, and I hope it's off, but I know it was on the.
2: We're having problems we're, 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 it's, and I, I don't want to blame us. I think it's Peter. Uh, unfortunately, he's in an area where the signal on his phone is uh, quite bad. Let's see if we can get it back on again because I do just have a few more questions uh, because I'm also conscious that this is our last chat with uh, Peter for 2020 because obviously we're into Christmas week next week and he won't be with us next week but I'm looking at John Paul and I think he's having problems uh, trying to it's like Peter's phone line has gone down has he got him back? He does. Okay. Uh, let's get Peter back on the line. Uh, the gremlins uh, the gremlins <laughs> are really working against this. You're, 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 you're back with us. But yeah, the you're, gremlins you're, aren't on you're, you're talking about the hollies and the native Irish hollies.
1: Yeah, I was saying that the native green one, the Ilex aquifolium, certainly was. I think it might be off now, but it certainly was on the endangered species list, which yeah. is tragic to
2: see that go, yeah. Mm, absolutely. Okay. Hi, where can I get copper sulphate? I've tried lots of hardware shops. Does Peter have any recommendations? where I can buy it
1: you should be able to buy it in most garden centres in a blatant plug for myself you can buy it on my own website theirishgardener.com it's up there as copper mixture if you search for copper sulphate or copper mixture on on theirishgardener.com you'll find it and I'll I'll ship it out to you
2: Okay. and when we're talking about the liquid amber Mike in Bantry says I bought a liquid amber in a pot 30 years ago it was a gorgeous colour but when I planted it into the soil it went green how do I get the colour back?
1: Well, it's a, it's a it's a deciduous tree, Trish, but it is green during the spring and summer. It's during the autumn it gets this magnificent red colour. Now, that autumn colour is on any tree is determined by several factors. Number one, the levels of sun, sunshine. Well, sorry, that's probably not number one, it's number two or three, but level of sunshine, it's a full sun to get good autumn colour. But it's also dependent on the soil, the nutrient levels in the soil and the different... Um, different pigments then produced in the the leaf because the leaves are green, which is the chlorophyll, but uh, as that dies off, as the tree slows down in the autumn, the other pigments, like carotene and things like that, which give the orange and red colours, come to the fore and that's dependent on the nutrient levels of the soil. But I'd say it's most likely... or sorry very possibly a a question of sunlight they do like to be in a good sunny position to get good autumn colour
2: Okay, Hannah is looking for suggestions what to put in she's got a new tunnel and uh, she wants to plant something either seeds to sow or plants what would you recommend?
1: I wonder, does she mean edibles? Or if it's edibles, you could certainly be trying things like um, lettuce. And that we can grow throughout the winter in a tunnel, and they're they, they're brilliant because lettuce, like you just go from seed to your plate in about six or seven weeks. They're a great value one to grow because they're so quick. You could also, if you wanted to grow, you you could grow. Um, you could start growing asparagus and things like that in the tunnel. They'll grow outside as well, but if you want, you could, you could put them inside. If you're looking at, at uh, ornamental and flowering plants, I, I would certainly start off your hardy annuals, which are your your plants that will, will be one year only, but they'll give the summer colour next year. Uh, things like sweet pea, busy lizzies, even petunias. By starting them indoors now in the tunnel, It means you'll have stronger plants earlier next year, so you'll have better performing plants next year. And, of course, starting them from seed now, which will cost you only a couple of euros per packet um, versus a few euros per plant in the summer, it makes huge economic sense.
2: Absolutely. And Helen wants to know, is now the time to move a copper beech tree? Uh, Thanking you.
1: Okay, well, Helen doesn't say how old the tree is. So there is there is obviously an inherent risk in moving any mature tree or mature plant. So first things first, there there is a risk you will lose it no matter what time you do it, depending on how old it is. If it's only been in a few years. That risk is lessened, obviously. But if it's five or more years, the risk increases. But the, 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 the answer to the question is, yes, you are in the right time of year to do it. Uh, it's Once the temperatures plummet and the plant goes dormant, so once the trees have have lost, their leaves are at least gone brown. So between now and, let's say, the end of February is your window to do it. Get as big a root ball with it as possible. Don't leave it out of the ground for any length of time if you can avoid it uh, and straight into its new home. And then next year, to counteract the root damage that you'll do in the move because you can't avoid damaging the roots, uh, soak it with water during next spring and summer. Really, really soak it. Keep it well soaked. Uh, and and then just uh, as I always say cross your fingers and pray to whatever God you believe in and, and hope for the best
2: Okay, could Peter mention the Fastnet Area Beekeeping Association we spoke with them a few weeks ago to promote a beginner course it'll be a yes. nice Christmas present for somebody from Mary in the Wild West, thanks Mary
1: <laughs> uh, Ma- Mary in the Wild West my apologies because I forgot totally and you did, the, the Fastnet Area Beekeepers Association are uh, are Starting a bit of beginner beekeeping course, I'm bringing it up here now in front of me. Uh, if uh, I could just find and, it. And
2: Mary is right. That's what a lovely idea to give to somebody as a Christmas present. To give it's them fantastic. the present of a beginner course on beekeeping.
1: Yeah, so the beginner beekeeping course starts on February the seventeenth next year. So that's only about eight weeks' time. We're uh, hoping to generate as much of a buzz about bees in West Cork <laughs> as we can. Uh, it would make a great Christmas gift, um, and do you know what? Uh, more and more people are interested in beekeeping now, and in plants that will that will sustain the bees, which is obviously essential. Uh, so yeah, I mean, brilliant Christmas present, or if, if hint hint if anybody. But well, I won't go, go all the way down to pass, not I'm afraid for it. But uh, but if I was it's living in West Cork, I would.
2: And I'd love to uh, Mary says it's online. In on Facebook. That's the Fastnet uh, Beekeeping Association. Good luck with that, uh, Mary. Okay, and a couple of people just want to say a huge thank you to uh, Peter for all your help, all of your advice uh, during the year. You have been uh, terrific. Okay, so that's where we where we wrap it up for today and for this year, Peter. We'll talk to you again in the new year.
1: Have a lovely Christmas, Trish, and to all the listeners, and thanks a million.
2: Many happy returns. Bye bye. That is uh, the wonderful Peter Dowdle, the Irish Planning for
0: your next trip?